Hi, and welcome to Harvest Bible Chapel, Kuala Lumpur Online. We hope that the following message will be a blessing to you as you seek to walk with the Lord in spirit and in truth. For more information about our church, please visit www.harvestkl.org or click the link in the description below. Good morning. Good. So I'll add another good morning. This is number four or five. Um, My name is Dan Wright. I'm one of the elders here and very happy to uh, spend some time sharing with you this morning. I do not look like Michael. There's a lot less hair on the face, a lot less hair on the head, maybe a little taller. Um, I think Michael is indeed not feeling well. It's not that he's celebrating the the Warriors' victory, um, but uh, uh, we do want to make sure that we do keep him in prayer. The, the good news is that I was, we were planning that I would share at the end of the service a little bit of, about uh, a, uh, a final prayer for our congregation as um, Jessica and Emma and Theo and I leave Malaysia after being here for four years. Jessica and the kids are leaving this week and I'll be leaving next week. I'll still be here next Sunday, but uh, I was going to be sharing anyway today. So I've Tried to expand it out a little, but the the good news for you guys is that it's going to be a short sermon today. Um, so, um, let me uh, let me start by praying. God, we thank you. Thank you that you are the King, that you are the one that holds it together. And pray that um, during this time of sharing, that you will shine through. That I will stay out of the way that your words will be the words that uh, sink into our hearts and that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. So when Pastor Nate first approached me uh, about being considering serving as an elder here at Harvest Kale, I was challenged. I was really challenged by the biblical description of what it means to be an elder, the role, the qualifications that are described in 1 Timothy and in Titus. Um, it's really, truly overwhelming, the job uh, and the, the qualifications that you need to be able to serve in the job. Um, but I've tried to lean into God and to, to follow God's leading in the things that I do in my life, that I walk through doors that he opens, to be uh, one who says, here I am, send me, as, as Isaiah did, um, but sometimes those, those doors, those open doors that God opens before us can lead to some hard roads that we need to walk down. But we believe in a God who was faithful, who is faithful, and who will be faithful. And he's been faithful to me uh, in these two years that I've been able to serve as an elder alongside with Capreet. Um, he's taught me much about myself. He's taught me a lot about what it means to live in community. And he's taught me about relying on him. When, um, when Jesus said in, in Matthew eleven thirty, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light, he really meant it. Um, but I'm not the type to, to take that. I usually like to add some extra burdens on top. I like to make the yoke really hard. I like to try and take things on for myself, make problems bigger than they really are to not really rely on him, him, but rely on myself. 
But happily, God is not only faithful, he's good, and he's a great teacher. Um, so when I would try and rely on my own strength, I would run into a roadblock. Um, at the lowest points while serving you, um, he would intervene. And, and I remember a particular time last spring um, when I was feeling discouraged by the MCO, the, the pandemic effect on our church and our search for a new pastor not being fruitful. Um, everything that, that we, it felt like everything that we were trying to do did not meet with success. And it felt a little bit like we were on life support. And then Mother's Day rolled around and Miriam and some others in our church put together this video with uh, women from our church reading from Proverbs. And as I watched those faces and listened to those, those voices reading God's word, it really captured what's so wonderful about this church. Um, it's really an amazing representation of God's people from every tribe and every tongue. And that really just lifted me up and really uh, uh, helped me at a time when I was, was feeling a little despair. And it helps us to, he, he will help us to, to lift us up and to strive to finish the race that he has put out before us. And in this, this role, I certainly have become more and more aware of my own sinfulness, how badly I'm in need of his, own, of his grace and his forgiveness. But it's my hope that in all these, these failures and these missteps that I'm learning, that I'm learning about God, I'm learning about what it means to be part of a community, learning how to be a child of God, and learning about God's call in my life. And most of all, learning to lean on him over and over again, that I must fall back on his grace, on his power, and on his strength, uh, and not my own. So my final words today for you are going to come from Colossians, and I want to share four prayers that come from this passage, but let me read the passage to you. This is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transfer, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is the word of the Lord. So this passage is a prayer in, in this letter from Paul to the church in Colossae. And I want to use this same prayer as a way of highlighting four prayers that I have uh, for us for us as for Harvest KL, for me, for myself, for my family, for all of us. The first is that our lives will bear fruit. The second is that our minds will grow in the knowledge of God. The third is that we are resilient and patient in the midst of challenging times. And the last is that we're filled with joyful gratitude. 
So the first prayer, that our lives will bear godly fruit. How do we bear godly fruit? It's definitely clear in the Bible that, that it's God's will to call us into good works and, that, and for the, that good work to bear his kingdom fruit. But we live in a world filled with need and the burden of that need can get very overwhelming. As pastor and theologian John Piper says, it's a spiritual thing to discern which good works of the 10,000 that are possible are among the every good work that belong to my life. And Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and we should walk in them. We are created by God, we are created for good works, and God has prepared the works for us already. All we need to do is to walk faithfully in them and then trust that the fruit that comes from the vine dresser from God that we hear about in John 15 um, will be his fruit and that uh, it will multiply. So my first prayer for us is that we discern which works God is putting before us and that we get busy doing them with the goal of his glory, trusting that he will make a way for us and that they, our works will bear fruit. The second prayer is that our minds will grow in the knowledge of God. We worship a king who is royal and mighty. He's majestic and he wants to reveal himself to us but we must keep ourselves open to his word. We need to know more and more about Jesus. We need to know more about his life, his works, his words. And there are three dimensions when I think about uh, how it is that we build knowledge. And one is intellectual in our head, that we can, uh, and we can achieve that by studying his word and listening to godly teaching and spending time in Bible study. But we can't just stop at our head. We also need to, to connect that intellectual dimension with experiential living and living within uh, uh, a godly community, living a godly life. And that means working out with other fellow believers what it means to follow God and to live our lives in devotion to him. Then the third dimension is spiritual. We need to spend time praying and we need to spend time worshiping him, recognizing who he is. So my prayer for us is that our thirst for knowing him will grow. And that of course can only be satisfied by reading his word, spending time uh, having conversations with him through prayer and song, honing our thought life to him and knowing his people by living in community. And I've learned so much in these last four years being part of this community, following these three pursuits, reading and studying his word, being in small groups, praying, singing, singing poorly sometimes, um, being a part of his community here at Harvest KL. And it's my hope and prayer that we will continue to grow in the knowledge of him through these pursuits. Prayer number three is that our lives will be resilient and patient. Life is challenging and the COVID-19 pandemic here has severely challenged us as a church. It's been a very difficult time. And life certainly throws us curveballs 
Um, and in uh, 2 Timothy, the Bible describes that there will be challenging times. In chapter 3, it says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. And in life, we have cancer, we have death, we have bankruptcy, we have failure, we have job losses, we have miscarriages. I could go on and on the challenges that come into our lives. But as Christians, we find our security not in the circumstances of our lives, but in keeping our eye on the end of the story. When Jesus said it was finished on the cross, he meant it. Our place is reserved. We are members of his family. And that work has been done. So I challenge us to remember Romans 8, verses 38 and 39, which says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And we also have that beautiful image from Isaiah 43 in, in verse 2 when it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flame shall not consume you. We're required to walk into the faith, in faith, towards his glory. And I find two things that are especially helpful for, to me when I am feeling challenged by the circumstances of my life. And one is to remember God's previous faithfulness to me, um, to tell those stories to myself over and over again. And I encourage us to remember to tell those stories about God's faithfulness to each other. And the second is staying engaged in community and having those around us pray for us, sharing our struggles, because it's in that community that we find the love, the support, the encouragement that we need to endure and to endure patiently. So my third prayer is that we endure as a church patiently, focusing on the end of the story, that we are part of his family, adopted into his family. My fourth prayer is that we're full of joyful gratitude. Both joy and thankfulness are infectious. They lift our spirits, they get ourselves out of our own circumstances, and they draw other people to us when we're filled with joy and gratitude. In the Gospel of, God, of John, Jesus sums up uh, this, this idea by saying, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And he said that on, at the Last Supper, his Last Supper on earth, knowing what was coming before him, showing that joy is not circumstantial, but it's based on being connected to him, the true vine, 
that joy is different than mere happiness. Happiness turns up in a, a, a beautiful sunrise or a rewarding job or a pleasant vacation. But joy, on the other hand, comes from being connected to God and it springs out of that connection. So I learned very early in my walk to practice, my walk as a Christian to practice gratitude. Uh, I was in a Bible study with, with two men, and we, as part of our Bible, we had a kind of an unusual Bible study. We would go on a run together to start our Bible study. It's not, not the usual practice. I don't think we're instituting that here at Harvest Kale, but, um, but during those runs, uh, we, would, we would give our top 10 things that we were grateful for to God, and we would share those with each other. And it really became a practice of practicing saying thank you. Um, for the ways that God remains faithful to us um, in, in our lives. And uh, as a family, we, when we pray at night together, we share our top three. We don't, don't do top 10. I think our kids might rebel if we went for top 10, but we go for top three uh, things that we're, we're grateful from our, from our day together. And gratitude really can be this uh, spiritual discipline that we practice and we can get better at it. So my last prayer is that we would practice gratitude and be filled with his joy. So trying to um, practice what I preach, I want to share some of my gratitude for these four years, and especially these last two years serving as an elder here. I want to first, of course, say thanks to God. Um, he's been amazingly faithful to me, to us as a church. And uh, when I was ready to give up, he found a way to turn my heart to, to keep going. My next uh, thanks is to Jessica and to Emma and Theo for being willing to sacrifice their time with me to allow me to pursue uh, God's call in my life. And I'd love to say thank you to all of you, to our congregation. You guys have stuck together. We've been small at times, but mighty, and we're mighty because we have a mighty God. Um, as we moved from meeting in person, you guys volunteered, you pitched in, you helped lead worship, you helped do sound, uh, you moved chairs, you welcomed people. Uh, it's really all been done to serve this amazing God that we worship. And it's been my pleasure and a real encouragement to me to serve alongside of you guys through these trials. Say thanks to, to Miles, Miles with the Y. Uh, for organizing our worship team. Thanks to Angie for leading our welcome team. Thanks to Pejman and Dominic for getting our sound right every week. Thanks to Annie uh, for always being there. Annie is, is absolutely my favorite praying individual, I think, in the world. And if I need somebody to speak to God, like I'm on my deathbed, I need somebody to pray. I want Annie. Annie, I need you to do it. Um, to George, thanks for always showing up early and being willing to pitch in. Thanks to Azar for, um, for serving us, uh, always being there ready to help. Thanks to Bethany and Daniel and Kyle and Brian for leading our worship teams. Thanks to Brother Chung for uh, just being an amazing saint, a real, just amazing saint. Thanks to Andrew and Cheon and Miles and Aaron for helping lead our church, leading our small groups, uh, and being willing to serve as elders. A huge thanks to those who came, uh, came before, to Shengao and Fontaine, 
to Priscilla and Philip, who thankfully are here today, uh, to Elder Larry, just these amazing saints, servants of God who uh, stepped up in, the, in a time when we were really challenged. So I could go on, but I'm going to finish with three thanks. And, and I thought these would bring on the tears, but they're clearly already here. <laughs> uh, first, uh, to the Crane family, who unfortunately aren't with us now, but uh, to Michael and Karen and Jaden and Ian, you guys uh, uh, just have poured yourselves into our church uh, at a time when we really needed you. And we're just uh, incredibly thankful for that. And you've done that at a, a personal sacrifice. And we thank you. Next uh, to Miriam. You are an incredibly gifted child of God. You've been our strength, our encourager, our hold it all together person. Um, and I'm so thankful that I've gotten to spend time seeing God working in your life and working together with you. Thank you for always encouraging me. Last, uh, to Capri. Capri, you're my brother. Um, thanks to Bethany for loaning him to me every Saturday. <laughs> um, you've been my shepherd, my faithful servant alongside me, a voice for honesty and truth and strength. You just have been an incredible gift to me. Thank you. I look forward to worshiping God together in heaven with you, shoulder to shoulder, side by side. So I'm going to close by trying to pray <laughs> <laughs> these four prayers for us as a church. Let's, if you'll join me in praying. God, we come before you in great thanks. Thanks that you are an amazing God, that you are a God who prepares works for us, good works for us, and that you make them bear godly fruit. We pray for our church that we will walk into those good works and that you will make them fruitful. We pray, God, that our minds will grow in the knowledge of you. We pray that through our Bible studies, through our quiet times, through our times reading your word, through our times living in community, for our times in prayer, that we can learn about you. God, we pray that we can be resilient and patient when times get hard when it feels like the waters are overwhelming us. God, help us to remember you are with us and you are for us in those times. Help us to focus on your victory in the cross and the resurrection. And God, pray that we as a church are filled with joyful gratitude that People, when they walk into this church, know that we are different. And we're different because you have marked us. And you have given us your joy. And you've taught us to sing your praises. And to be filled with gratitude. 
God, watch over this church. Watch over these people. Help them build together as a community that seeks to glorify you. In Jesus' name, I pray.